What's going on? This is Chris Van Vliet, and you're watching Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. The Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii, is brought to you by these contributors on Patreon. If you'd like to see more content like this more often, as well as more podcasts, reviews, impressions, early access releases, live streams, and original content, then consider becoming a patron today. Welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I'm coming at you with another amazing interview. And in today's episode, I've got the honor and privilege of having the one, the only Mike Tendo, aka Dongle, aka Dude, you haven't played this game? Yes, people, I have the honor of having Dongle onto the show and man it's it's such an honor because i love this man's content if you haven't watched his content please stop this podcast right now go to the link in the description down below click on his youtube channel and go watch his content it is some of the absolute best content that is available on youtube and across the web he also runs a podcast called xvgm radio where they talk about so much from video games video game music and more so if you're ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome Mike Tendo onto the show. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I've got the honor, the privilege. I, I'm just deeply honored and privileged to have the one, the only Mike Tendo of Dude, you haven't played this game? That's on right. This show. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me. This uh that is that is way too much uh boasting <laughs> on on how awesome I am because I'm not that awesome. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Com- complete lies, people. This, this <laughs> man is completely awesome. And, <laughs> and and fun fact, he's one of the reasons I got into YouTube because your work has inspired me over the years. So man, yeah. thank you for putting out quality over the last complete it's almost been 10 years you've been doing youtube eight Man. years yeah 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 it's, it's been crazy it's been it's been a it's been a wild ride <laughs> yeah, that's a, do you mind like giving a, a background on yourself and like uh, yeah. how you got into it and, and things that you're into that you know and and also plug all your your outlets so your social sure. media your youtube everything yeah yeah of course uh well the channel is youtube.com forward slash dongled uh if you need a reference for how to spell that just think of a dongle cable (laughs) and uh add a d at the end uh it is an inside joke with a friend of mine it never meant to be like i i I was hugely inspired by a happy video game nerd Mm -hmm. uh who's now going as uh stop skeletons from fighting Derek alexander Mm -hmm. and uh i loved his channel and i loved what he did and 
I, when I, <laughs> when, when, when I when I went and found his channel, it was originally called Low Fat Jello. It was like L O, or it may I have remember. been I, or it may have been I O, uh, and then Fat P H A T, and then Jello. And I remember looking at that and being like, "Who is this guy? And why does he have a show called Happy Video Game Nerd? Like, what is the correlation there?" And uh, later on, he changed it. And mm. the thing is, uh, you know, doing this show for ten years, and and people kind of know uh, because I do the call out at conventions, I do the call out at on the podcast, on uh, you know the videos on Twitter, anything uh, that it's YouTube.com forward slash dongle. So people have kind of become accustomed to it. And mm. I, I remember a few years ago, I was like, oh, maybe I'll change the name. Maybe I'll change it to actually like, dude, you haven't played this game, but. Uh, the channel has kind of evolved beyond just that show, so yeah. it just made sense to keep it dongled. I don't know, uh, but as far as history goes, um, so yeah, my name is Mike Levy. I uh, went to I, I have been in interested in video games since I was probably about six, when my grandfather ruined my life and gave me an NES. <laughs> so. It so, all starts back uh, with the NES. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I was uh, I was big into sports like back then. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I still like sports, but I I was a uh, a big baseball guy. I was a, I'm a big Mets fan, and mm -hmm. so I was uh, in little league. Like I was a thin kid, like mm -hmm. up until like fourth grade, and then just like everything hit. Just every like the S hit the fan, if you know what I mean. So, uh, but yeah, no, I I was just really really interested in video games, and you know I always have been, and things just kind of when it comes to my interests in video games, they went back and forth between like video games and and music. Like music was a really important important part in my life when I was in you know high school and everything, mm -hmm. and middle school and. Uh, and, you know, video games kind of took a little bit of a backseat at that point in time. I was into wrestling a little bit, too, like around that time. And uh, I didn't really get back into video games. Like, I was playing throughout high school, but, like, it wasn't, like, my sole interest. Like, music was my number one interest. And mm -hmm. uh, then comics. I got back into comics at that time. I was into it when I was a kid. So I was, like, I was always into, like, nerd culture and, like, geek culture type stuff that uh, it was just always, like, my bread and butter. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, I, I would say I started working again. At, uh, I worked at a video game store uh, and that is when I started building my collection. Like it was 2003. I was working for like game crazy and I was just like gobbling up all these games that were coming in that were like, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks. You know, I got like Final Fantasy three uh, complete inbox mint condition for like 20 bucks. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, like back in the day, like nobody cared about the stuff. I yeah, mean, it, was, it was just you could get so much stuff for so cheap, and so I just sort of cultivated a collection, a retro collection, um, despite the fact that I was still at that time collecting like GameCube and PS2, and I was still into it. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until uh, when I was in high school; it was the '90s, like late '90s, and I. I wanted to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I, I was into drawing, but I like, I was not great at it. And mm -hmm. so I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that with my life. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. 
And uh, it wasn't until my dad came back from a parent-teacher conference and he met with this uh, my English teacher at the time, uh, Mr. Blair. Mm-hmm. And he was basically like, your son has a real talent for writing. And I really think that he should explore that. Because at that point, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a computer science degree. And then I'm going to make video games. Uh, Little did I know that you need math and science to do that. And I was terrible in both. So so it was one of those things. Yeah. So it was like one of those, it was one of those things where I was like, well, okay, what am I gonna do now with the rest of my life? And mm-hmm. it was that moment when my dad came back and we sat down and we had a conversation. And you know, my dad and I always butt heads, but like that was like the one conversation where I actually like listened to him and I was like, it's this makes sense. So I started writing uh game reviews for my high school paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I decided I really enjoyed like seeing my name like in a byline, so I was like, I I wanna I wanna write for a mm-hmm. So I went to college for journalism, and uh, I minored in English, which turned into something called a cognate, which is like a step down from a minor. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I had a rough go initially at college, like a lot of college students do. Uh, I was on the six year plan, basically just. Uh, first two years, I partied and hung out and played video games and, and drank and just, you know, lived the college life. And uh, I, do I regret it now? Yeah, a little bit. But like, uh, it all kind of worked out. And I was able to graduate yeah. college with a with a degree and everything. I I had, um, you know, again, I was working for the, the college paper. And uh, I, I was doing media, like entertainment. So I was like interviewing bands that would come to town. I was... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was do I was uh, uh, writing game reviews, and the thing that really kind of solidified it for me was uh, uh, video games live was coming to New Haven because uh, I'm I live in Connecticut, uh, mm-hmm. so it was coming to New Haven, Connecticut, and uh, they had uh, for the very first time uh, they had a special organ that was like 400 years old or, or 200 years old or something like that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was like some crazy organ, and they got the uh, this guy Martin Lung, I think his name is, is a, a, a an Asian uh, a keyboardist, and he mm-hmm. played like the Super Mario theme blindfolded or whatever. So they brought him in, and he played uh, Castlevania music because Castlevania is my favorite series of all time. Mm-hmm. And so they played like Bloody Tears and like a uh, Vampire Killer and all these like amazing songs on an actual organ. So I filmed it like with my really terrible like two megapixel like hand camera um and i wrote this huge story which was actually like a front page my very first like front page mm-hmm. article uh in the new haven advocate and uh i got to interview tommy tallarico um and oh. he asked me to come backstage and i met him i got a photo with him he signed uh he worked on metroid prime on the sound he didn't do the soundtrack but like he developed a lot of the sounds that were used in the game Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had him sign because he never got official credit for it in the game. So he wrote like uh, a little speech bubble over Samus and he wrote, where's my credit? And then like we <laughs> joked, we joked about it like it was cool. And he signed it and I got a photo with him. And that was like kind of my moment where I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to do this for a living. I, I want to interview people and like get to know their story and mm-hmm. and, you know, really put their info out there so that people can learn about 
uh, learn about this stuff. And so um, that was at the tail end of college. I graduated college and I was just, I, I couldn't find a job in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because I remember getting a, a card because the editor of IGN was there, happened to be mm-hmm. visiting family uh, at the time. And uh, so he was backstage. He was talking to Tommy Tallarico. And I I kind of like started up a conversation with him. He was like, oh, you're a journalist. I said, yeah. And so he gives me his card. And this is that's the moment when I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, I'm going to write for IGN. And uh, I remember I got my resume together uh, shortly after I graduated and I sent it to him. I sent some, you know, a bunch of like different articles and never heard back. So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, that's that's life. So I'm not, you know, a lot of people look on look back on the past and they're like super bitter or upset about it. And I was like, I just I understood that it comes with the territory because this dude probably gets like, you know, four thousand uh letters uh you know a month or a week or four million emails especially like working in the corporate world now like that's all that's yeah. all you get is just emails 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 so uh i ended up working for a communications company and i'm still working for them uh doing uh like inventory of like their warehouse parts and stuff like that so that's like my real day job mm-hmm. so i work like a 40 to 45 hour week or whatever and then on top of that, I'm doing YouTube and podcast and all that stuff. So it uh, it kind of never ends. But uh, anyways, long story short, I ended up getting uh, really into watching like Angry Video Game Nerd, um, 16-Bit Gems with mm-hmm. uh, Rue, Clan of the Grey Wolf, and uh, Happy Video Game Nerd. And I thought these three personas just really remind me me of myself like if you combine these three people mm-hmm. and maybe like really old pat the nes punk like not his not what he does now like his his original old, reviews yeah yeah his original reviews because he was just he loved bad humor and like goofy and he kind of like reveled in it like he yeah. it, it was always <laughs> like an eye wink like a you know yeah yeah you know? <laughs> this is a terrible joke you get it so uh it that's kind of what it became uh, as far as what the show transformed into. I was also really into uh, Hey Ash, What You Playing, mm-hmm. which was a really cool sh- uh, show and very well written. And I, I thought to myself, like, that's a funny show. And so I kind of took all these ideas and I was like, what if I can make like one show that mm-hmm. was like my personality, but like taking all these ideas and kind of combining them into one. So Dude, You Haven't Played This Game was the name of the show that I came up with. And uh, I didn't, the only reason why the show existed is because I am a huge Castlevania 2 fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's my favorite Castlevania. It's my first one. (laughs) Your first one? Yeah. My first one back in the day. Yep, me too. Yeah, I I remember like I went over some kid named Matt's house Mm -hmm. and uh, I was just like playing video games with him. I was like maybe seven, eight years old or whatever. And he was just like, here, like play this game. And I'm like what is this? It just blew me away. So, um, yeah, I just really like uh, Simon's Quest. So uh, when I saw the Angry Video Game Nerd video on it, uh, as well as uh, Ego Raptor's sequelitis video on Castlevania yeah. 2, I was like, I need to make a response to this. I was like, I'm not happy with the way that these guys are painting this game. Like, yeah. it's getting an unfair rap, and I wanted to put my own spin and perspective on it. 
Mm-hmm. So I started working on a essay documentary type thing on Castlevania two. And it just kind of fizzled. Uh, I also at the time had like a lot of wrong information. Like I remember I put like uh, Kinyo Yamashita's uh, as the composer and mm-hmm. she's she, Yamashita was not the composer of two. Uh, that was uh, Kenichi Matsubara. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was one of those things where uh, I went back and fact checked my script and was like, oh man, like I can't believe I did that. So it was kind of like a go back to the drawing board sort of moment for me, but keep some of the assets and keep the the script and everything and some of the stuff that I had. And so what I ended up doing was uh, I went to MAGFest uh, mm-hmm. one year. This was like uh, maybe like year 10 or 10, I think. It was mm-hmm. like 2012. And I, I went year to... Year 10, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, year yeah. 10. And I went to uh, Derek Alexander's uh, panel uh, where him and his friend Calvin were chatting about uh, how basically how Derek makes videos. Mm-hmm. And I was just so inspired to do something that when I got home, my, my wife, well, my now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. She mm-hmm. had bought me a camera, like a camcorder. Uh, this one right here, still use the same cam gr- camera for a lot of sh- for a lot of stuff. And uh, it's a good camera with the right lighting. And mm-hmm. I started working on in my apartment. Uh, the very first episode of Dude, You Haven't Played This Game, I reviewed Metroid. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even do Castlevania 2. I put it in the back burner and I was like, I'm going to do something with Metroid. And so I filmed I, I filmed and edited what ended up being like a 30 minute just mess. Uh, I look back on it and I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, this is so <laughs> bad. Uh, it, it was just the jokes weren't good. And it was long and dra- dra- it, it just was dragged out. And like some of the jokes were kind of like, especially nowadays, like not like appropriate. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like, and there was swearing, like unnecessary swearing. Like I was trying too hard to be angry video game nerd. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Like I, I got to like, do I want to keep going? And uh, I said, yeah. So I actually... I started working on more episodes and I tried to put out an episode like once a month. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I did a follow up uh, Rescue Rangers, uh, the very first Rescue Rangers. And then I did uh, Final Fight Super NES and compared it with Sega CD, the Final, mm-hmm. Fight, uh, Final Fight CD. And um, it just kind of took off from there. And those early, early episodes, that first year doing the show, uh, for, for those who are like, I still don't get it. Like, what the hell is he talking about? It is basically like skits that like reference the material, uh, jokey mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, either I'll have like a guest come on the show who will be like, you need to play this game to review it. Or I'll do like a, uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll pick like things will just kind of come to me. And sometimes I'll just sit and stare at my game collection until I like find a game that I'm like, oh, that'd be perfect. That'd be fun to talk about. So in fact, I just did that like two nights ago. I was like, where do I go from here? I just released a new episode. I was like, what do I do? And just kind of stood there and, and or sat down and I stared at my game collection. I was like, I don't know. I don't really know what to, to review. 
And then what I'll do is I'll grab a couple games off the shelf and I'll pop them in and I'll play them for a little bit and I'll see if I get inspired to talk about it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, and again, this is uh, one of those ones where I was like, ah, this isn't going to be PC. Like it's not going to be appropriate, which, you know, sometimes you may care about that. Sometimes you may not want to piss people off. Yeah. So it's like one of those things, but it was uh speedy Gonzalez for the super NES. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it'd be really funny if, I played myself, but then I also played uh, like a different version of me who's like is walking in and has like a a sombrero on. Like at first he has a sombrero and then I'm like, no, don't do it. And then, you know, (laughs) then he like walks away and he comes back with like a mustache and I'm like, don't do it. And then like he leaves (laughs) and he comes back and he has a guitar and he's I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, don't do it. Don't you do it. And, uh, you know, then he comes back again. He starts playing one note, like, you know, like, ah, and then just like I throw a book at him or something. And then the show starts. So that's, you know, kind of how the review show is. It's just like really super dumb, slapsticky, goofy comedy. And a lot of it is just like dad puns. Like a lot of it's just really bad jokes that I'm like, Huh? It's it's funny, right? Right? And it's not. It's not funny. And I'm in on the joke. I don't, you know, I I I'm kind of a self depreciate. Uh, was it uh, self depreciating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't, you know, I, I I try to kind of insert because you got to have a little bit of, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, like uh, covert narcissism or, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but just like I. I'm not like I, I always try to put it out there to fans that I'm or viewers that I'm like, hey, this is like uh, budget humor. You know, it's not. <laughs> it, but there's like people who who dig it and people that stick around like you. You had mentioned that you're, you know, a fan of the show. So like, obviously, I'm I'm, you know, tickling your funny bone. And I'm, I'm, I'm making you laugh or I'm, I'm coming up with something that you're like, oh, that was funny. So. I don't know. That's that's kind of how that started. And I've been doing it for eight years and it's uh, a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work and sometimes you get burnt out. And I, yeah. I, I find that like towards the end of the year, I just got to stop and and be like, I need I just like Christmas break. Like I'll put out a Halloween review and be like, all right, I'm done for the year. I'll work on stuff, but like I'm not going to put anything out really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So like, and that's one of the things like I've noticed too. Like with a lot of people, they they don't understand that for us as content creators, that it it is very easy to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to stay in that creative process like all the time. And you know, I I've transitioned from working like I, I used to work for a hospital as an analyst, and mm-hmm. I did that for about seven years. And back in September, yeah, September is when I transitioned over to podcasting and YouTube full time. And the thing is like, people are like, Oh, you know, it's super easy. You just play video games all day. You just hit record. I'm like, no, like you got to do no. scripting. Yeah. It's something like I, and I've made several posts about this on my, my Facebook and on social media, like Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. And I've yeah. told people that, you know, when you're, you're a content creator and you're making videos, like you do stuff that you're doing you're a, a videographer, you're a script writer, you're an audio engineer, you are, you know, your lighting team, yeah. you're doing the post editing, like, yep. it's, it's all me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I have help. 
I, I do have help. Uh, uh, I have a, because I'm not, I'm, I know how to play. Uh, so I, I played percussion and drums for several years. So mm -hmm. like I could probably do a little bit of that, but like I, I can't write music at all. Mm -hmm. So um, my buddy, I've had several musicians over the years do like intros for me for the, for the mm. show. Um, currently it's, uh, this guy retro shred who does awesome, awesome. Like he did like a, a heavy metal eight bit kind of thing for me. And it just, it turned mm. out awesome. So, uh, definitely check him out. He's so underrated. He's so underappreciated. Uh, he has Twitch it's retro shred music. So mm -hmm. if you're on Twitch, follow him on there. Um, and then my buddy, uh, Paul, a uh, high school buddy of mine, Paul Halloway did uh my intro effects like with the uh, the starry background and everything and so he actually hasn't done them for a number of years but like i still credit him because he gave me basically like a blank sh slot and he was like here you could just use this and put whatever you want in it um but he did it for several years and i didn't really pay him or he didn't want anything he was just like like i offered to pay him i always offer to pay or do something nice for somebody that helps mm -hmm. me like i'll um, I've had lots of like friends and and actors and stuff like that in my show, and mm -hmm. uh, I'll I'll either pay them or I'll like feed them. Like that's like my rule. Like <laughs> like either I'm gonna feed you and give you like pizza or something, or like because I appreciate it. Like I always want to make sure people know that if you're doing something for me to help me out, like I appreciate it. And yeah, um, you know, a, a lot of people don't get it as far as how much work goes into it. I try not to like get into that on social media a lot of the times because a lot of people still are very stuck in the mindset like, Oh, I don't care. Like, yeah, you know, but like yeah. it, it is, it is definitely hard work. Um, yeah. Uh, to give an example, um, a lot of my Halloween reviews are big, mm -hmm. um, but probably the review I spent the most time with, was uh this game called battle chasers night war which was a really mm -hmm. fun uh jr it's like a an rp it's like a western rpg like a like a diablo uh like hack and slash type game but mm -hmm. it is uh at, at least as far as the visuals go um and the dungeon crawling aspects but it uh ends up turning into like a final fantasy 7 kind of uh, uh battle system yeah um really cool game but I ended up doing that and I spent 90 hours playing the game. So that's 90 hours right there. And then mm -hmm. writing the script, the script, the script writing process is actually really short. Um, usually like I'm not the sort of person who writes something and I'm just like, perfect. Uh, I, I will usually go through a draft and then I'll go back. I'll read it out loud to myself. Cause that's one of the things they tell you to do when you write poetry or write creative writing or anything like that is mm -hmm. uh, read it out loud to yourself and make sure it sounds good to you or mm -hmm. possibly to other people. Um, so that's like, you know, a couple of hours right there. And then the voice on the voice over work and editing process for the voice, uh, taking out all the spacing in between, taking out the ums, oh, the buzz, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it, uh, taking out all the flubs, all the, you know, mess ups, uh, that's like uh, probably a two to three hour process. Yeah. And then uh, the live action stuff, setting up the lighting, setting up the cameras, setting up the camera stands. If you have special effects, if you're doing green screen, um, you know, thinking, you know, just like in your head, how you're going to do this, like, how am I going to get this shot? 
how am I going to get this person to enunciate this line, you know, giving line direction, all that sort of stuff. So that is like a couple hours. And then the editing process is like a good, uh, like 20 to 25, 30 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a process. Um, and same with the podcast too. A lot of people don't realize I, I also have a podcast. It's a, a video game music podcast called XVGM radio. And that is like, uh, if you like video game music and it, it's in the form of a radio show. So we play mm-hmm. music, we have specific themes. Uh, I co-host it with my friend, Justin. And, uh, you know, you said, I remember you telling me before we started that you've been doing this about three years. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I did another show, uh, with, uh, with Ed Wilson, who now does the VG Embassy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a show called Pixel Tunes Radio for same type of show, but uh, just, you know, things fell apart and, you know, it didn't work out. And uh, we did that for four and a half, four years, four and a half mm-hmm. years. And uh, so XVGM, I really, when I was starting up a show, I'd start it from scratch on my own. Um, and luckily I had Justin with me who was, had like done a guest spot uh, a few times on the show mm-hmm. and I, re- I really enjoyed being on the show with him. He, he and I were friends like, bef- like for years, like I've been friends with him for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, Oh, do you want to do this show? And he was like, yeah. So we joined, we started up a podcast and he handles like all the web stuff and all the web based stuff and the Patreon and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he, you know, he picks the tracks with me and we, you know, uh, we, we put on a show and we made it more like radio oriented where we had like fake callers call in. And again, that's mm. part of that, like that, that stupid humor where like, uh, um, we'll have like a character call in from a game. Um, like for example, uh, we have a FM towns, Marty episode and FM towns, uh, that we did. Uh, and that is coming out this coming upcoming Wednesday. And for that, we did uh, one of the characters was Cammy. So we found a, a voice actress to play Cammy from Street mm-hmm. Fighter. And so before the song plays, we get a call and we have like a fake like producer in the background who's yeah. uh, her name's Janine, who's named after the Ghostbusters character. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> it's it's actually Janine is actually a Metroid. So like an actual like Metroid. So we'll be like, yeah, Janine, can you forward that call over? You know, talking to no one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, she, you know, she forwards the call over and it's Cammy, And Cammy's, you know, like, oh, you know, and Bison's chasing me. I need you to play my song so I don't lose the fight or whatever. And we're like, do you mean Vega? And then we're like, wait, you know, do you mean Balrog? Like, what? who do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? And then she's just like, no, play the damn song, you know? And we're just like, what? All right, well, this is that song, you know? Then we introduce the song. So, um, you know, the podcast is heavily post-production, mm-hmm. like heavily edited uh, post-production. And uh, that takes like a week a week of just editing the podcast. He works on his breaks. I work on my breaks. We put them all together. Uh, I put the show together. And then I add the little like, you know, special sound effects and stuff like that. And uh that's been going strong for it'll be two years in a couple months, like May, uh, July, June, June. Mm-hmm. So that'll be two years. So that's a total of uh, six years podcasting. So, man, yeah, it's crazy. And that's one of the things, too, like when it comes to podcasting, I don't think a lot of people understand how much work. Like, that's another area people don't understand that as well. Like, I've had people say, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, OK, so what are your topics? What is your theme? Yeah, yeah. What is all that? And they're like 
oh, I need to know all that. I'm like, kind of. Mm. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> you, you need a mission statement. You need uh, a plan. And you got to formulate everything down. I mean, like before Justin and I started it, I, like I had, I had kind of seen that the writing on the on the wall when Pixel Tunes Radio was ending, mm-hmm. and so I I kind of knew. So I started planning like maybe two months in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just I knew it wasn't going to work out. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start this show on the back burner. And when it when it fizzles, and Ed wants to go do his own thing, I'm I want to make sure I'm prepared so that I could start right away. Yeah. So um, Ed uh, approached me and said he didn't want to do this show. He he approached me a couple times and was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I was like, all right. And then he just kind of was like, uh, let's do one more episode. I think I think it was, you know, I've talked to him about it. And he was like, well, you know, I, I, I saw how bummed you were uh, mm. about ending. And I was I was initially pretty bummed about it. But like, the, I, I feel like it was for the better uh, because. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's what I was talking about before. Like I've learned doing the show, you know, being on social media, doing all this stuff, you know, looking back on the past is fine. You could kind of look at it, but like, you got to just move, you know, the time doesn't stand still. It yeah. just keeps moving forward. So I just got really inspired to do my own thing. And Justin was along for the ride and, uh, what I like about doing the show with Justin is he, um, he never says no. Yeah. To, and and if he doesn't agree with something, he'll tell me and he's not afraid to tell me, but at the same time, like he's always like, well, what if we tried this or what if we try that? And we kind of fine tune each other's ideas. Yeah. Justin and I put the show together uh, and we're both, pretty happy with the way that turns out and we we kind of fine-tune each other's ideas so that Mm -hmm. if if uh you know i want to try one thing or he wants to like i'll give you a perfect example Mm -hmm. um we were talking about an anniversary episode that we're going to be doing for a specific game that is coming out uh in the near future i'm not going to say what game but you can probably guess okay a game uh and so uh, we had to push it back because uh, the date got changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we were like, well, what are we going to do now? So uh, I gave him an idea and he was like, well, what if we try this? And I was like, that's also a really good idea. And he was like, well, I like both the ideas. So we're like, well, let's just do both of those as shows. And they're like really unique ideas that I don't think anybody in the, in the video game music podcasting has done. Mm-hmm. So it's just like really exciting. Like every show that I'm doing with him is exciting and new. And even if we're revisiting like old ideas that I may have done on pixel tunes, it's, it's new and different because it's with somebody else. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but doing four and a half years of video game music podcasts, you start to learn a lot about video game music. Mm-hmm. So um when Justin helped me film one of my dude, you haven't played this games where I went out to Massachusetts and went to a wrestling event and we mm-hmm. filmed at a wrestling event for, uh, uh, I think it's elite wrestling. I can't I, remember. I remember that episode. Yeah. For <laughs> I, I reviewed WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game yeah. on the PlayStation one. And, uh, so we drove out there and we got invited out there and I worked with the, uh, the with the, one of the coordinators, this guy, Trevin, uh, really nice guy. 
And so we got to inter- like we got to work with the wrestlers, like the actual wrestlers and kind of act out these skits and it was different because it was it was a totally different thing because normally I provide a script and I'm like I wrote this, this is the script, this is what we're doing. But with that, he was like you can't do that with a wrestler. Like you can't yeah. like you can't give a wrestler a script. Like you you got to let them flow on their own. Give them an idea and they'll run with it. And mm-hmm. we did and it, it turned out great. But anyways, Justin came up to help me film that episode. Mm-hmm. So we're on the way back, driving back. And this is like right when we started the, or right after we started the show. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you got to hear this, this, uh, you got to hear this soundtrack. You got to hear that soundtrack. And I'm playing on all these video game music soundtracks. And by the end of it, I kind of was worried. I was like, oh man, I just told, like he drove the, like down too. Mm-hmm. And like I pay, I paid for gas and paid, you know, bought him lunch or whatever. Um, but I felt bad because I was like, I just took up this dude's entire car ride playing video game music and I didn't even like ask. So I, I talked to him about <laughs> it and I was like, I'm really sorry that I did that. And he was like, dude, don't worry about it. Like you turned me on to some really cool stuff. And I was like, awesome. Like, so that's, that's the thing I like about our, not only our friendship, but our work relationship with the mm. podcast. Um but the thing that I, I try to tell most people when it comes to podcasting is if you're going to do podcasting, you have to do releasing on a regular schedule. Yes. Like it is yeah. not the sort of thing where you could put out an episode and then like five months later be like, all right, here's my second episode. Like, no, mm-hmm. dude, you got to do it every single either either every single week, every other week, every month. Like you've got to set a schedule mm-hmm. and stick to it and be diligent about it. You can take weeks off. That's fine. But like you have to have a schedule or regimen uh, and you've got to build up your, you've got to build up your episodes. So that way people, because yeah. when people look at iTunes or whatever for their podcast needs, they're going to be like, am I going to listen to this podcast that has like one episode every, you know, six months, or am I going to mm-hmm. listen to a podcast that has a new episode every other week that I can count on and rely on for consistent entertainment, you know? I mean, you know, you know how it is. No, and and it's something because I've had um, there's uh, several. There's not a whole lot of podcasts out here in Hawaii. Um, That's why you're number one, right? Basically, (laughs) 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 no. It's kind of funny because it's the inside joke that I I I usually say on most of my episodes or my streams. I'm like, people like, are you really the number one podcast in Hawaii? I'm like. Yeah, but I also don't have a lot of competition either. Because <laughs> most of the podcasts out here, they typically they they cater, they either cater towards like politics or towards local issues. And I'm like, it, that's cool. I'm not trying to dabble into that because you know I can be murky water. Ugh. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I just want to entertain people because yeah, one of yeah. the things, you know, especially when I went into to doing this show was um a lot of uh, a lot of people you know, around my age in their thirties or, or younger, uh, they're like, man, I want to, you know, how do you do this in the game industry? How do you get into the acting industry? How do you do this? Because mm-hmm. a lot of us you know, being out here in Hawaii, we don't have a direct one-to-one connection with any of that. Right. Right. So, you know, I was just like, okay, well I'll just do this. And a mm-hmm. lot of people, um, started gravitating towards that. And, and, other podcasters reached out to me. They're trying to start something like there's this other one called Rising Tide, and 
And she's like, yeah, I really want to have you on my show. I'm really impressed with your work. I'm like, oh, well, what do you like about it? She's like, oh, I don't know any of the people you interview. I don't know any of the stuff you're talking about, but you're doing really well. And I'm like, great. So you you want to interview (laughs) me because I'm uh, good at what I do? And and you see that I have a lot of Twitter followers? Like, what? Like, Right? uh, That's that's just... uh, I mean, like... (laughs) Like I, I went and look, I looked at your show and like I, I listened to a little bit of the James Corlick episode. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. James Corlick. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like oh, and, Adam, I think. Adam. Or Adam, yeah, Adam. Adam. Yeah, yeah. Adam Corlick. Yeah. 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 So then I, I started going through the list of all the stuff <sighs> that you, you've done. And I'm like, this guy has talked to some industry like people, man, like big time. <laughs> like I, I've, we've talked to composers on our show. We, we try to to get composers on XBGM radio. So we've had like mm-hmm. Frank Kirkhope who did uh, Perfect Dark. We interviewed him specifically about Perfect Dark. He did like Banjo-Kazooie, you know, like all GoldenEye, all the, you know, crazy stuff uh, like that. Um, we had uh, Layla Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, who did Freedom Planet on the show. I, that uh, game is so good. Yeah, it's, that's a really good one. <laughs> um, we talked to Coda, who, um, if you know, if, if you follow like uh, Vert, like Jay Kaufman, he did he did a lot of stuff with Jake Coffin back in the day. He's played with him at like Magfest and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. done games of his own. And his style and his sound is very similar to to that. Um, we've had Norrin Rad, also known as Matt Creamer, on the show. Mm-hmm. He did like uh, Retro City Rampage, uh, Shakedown Hawaii, Slayin. Like he's done so many awesome soundtracks. He's so good. Venture Kid, such mm-hmm. a good soundtrack. Um, so yeah, we've had some pretty cool people on the show. We had Jeff Ball on the show who did Time Spinners. Wow. That, yeah, like we've had some really cool people on the on the show, and uh, we we just interviewed another composer, and uh, that'll be out in about a month. Um, so uh, it's it's really exciting to interview those people, but at the same time, like we also just did an episode with like one of my like childhood friends, this guy Brian. Mm-hmm. who uh who's like big into adventure games so we did like a sierra games episode so and wow. we were just and we were just goofballs on the show like we just joked around and made jokes and you know um but yeah uh doing a podcast is a lot of hard work and effort but uh it's similar to the review show um and and kind of one of the reasons again i was talking about how i did dude you haven't played this game for mm-hmm. you know probably I don't know, four years before I started doing the, uh, or maybe like three years before I started doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I featured the podcast. I made like a video version of it and put it up on YouTube. And uh, then on top of that, I also did uh, one for XVGM when that started. So I wanted to continue the process. So mm-hmm. we have it, we have it streaming on like all podcatchers and all that stuff on the RSS feeds. But at the same time, you could also just check it out on YouTube at the, yeah. at the channel. And what's yeah. nice about that is it gives, me the ability to do a consistent release because mm-hmm. i'm i'm bad with releases like you won't see something when i was just doing dude you haven't played this game i would only review release one video a month or maybe like two videos a month and it would be like mm-hmm. a rant video like what's the deal with craigslist or you know like stuff like that um but i know i i don't like doing those videos as much because um I I tend to not like to I like voicing my opinion, but at the same time, I don't want people to I don't want to be one of those sort of websites where I just get people 
doing like like clicking on a video just because they're angry mm -hmm. you know like if i if i put out a video and it's like you know oh yeah you know the castlevania uh requiem disappointed me or whatever like here's a video about it and mm -hmm. my thoughts on it um and it, you get all these people that show up especially if you do it quickly like before the big guys like rgt85 and all those you know types of people mm -hmm. um you know there's this whole mentality on youtube where it's like first i have to be first i have to oh and, man <laughs> and like i i just am like yeah i just want to talk about castlevania for like a hot minute like can we just you know i was like can we just talk about like castlevania requiem this thing that came out like a, a while back and and, and so I'll I'll just make a video and I'll put it out. And if I'm the first person or one of the first people to put it out, then you get hate clicks, which is like all these people that show up, then they're like, you don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. Like I, did, I did one for Contra Rogue Corps. I think that's the last one that I did. Yeah. And I got so much hate for that because I was like, listen, the game's not out yet. I mean, like, let's give it a chance. Let's see. Let's have it come out. And I made like a video that was like seven reasons or whatever why I'm still excited for Contra Rogue Corps before it came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a lot of hate for that video. And uh, I just decided like, I don't really know if I want to make those types of videos anymore. I, I don't think that my voice, I, like I'd rather take the effort. I'd rather not put out a video like yeah. that and instead put that effort that I made that video with and put it towards like a review. Yeah. Um, or put it towards one of my other shows that I do on the channel. I have a show, uh, two other shows called Noob Repair mm -hmm. and uh, um, uh, Gaming Linguistics, which I started, Gaming Linguistics and Noob Repair kind of started as like, I need a way to, to add content to the show or to the channel without, with not minimal effort, but like I, I need, I want to put something out that has my stamp on it. That like mm -hmm. is something that I care about. And uh, since a lot of people are listening, they're probably like, he said rogue corpse, not rogue core. Uh, because that, you know, that's a thing. Um, it is. Yeah. I know it's core. I just like saying corpse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people will be like, Oh, well, you know, you said it wrong. And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, what other stuff do I say wrong? Let me go through the list. Mm -hmm. So I started making lists of like, you know, games that I was, I was like, how do you say that? And uh, it got me inspired to do game and linguistics. Mm -hmm. And that is basically a series where I, I look at media that has been put out by developers or publishers that I could find on the web along with like articles or discussions that other people have had as far as like how to say it, or even like mm -hmm. asking somebody who's native to the language too. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine uh, from college who was my roommate uh, graduated later on with a German degree. Mm -hmm. Like he speaks like pretty fluent German or whatever. And he lived in Germany for like a year or something like that. And so I asked him like, how do you say air guys, you know, that game, like yeah yeah on ps1 so i gave him the spelling or whatever and he was like oh that's it it's like air guides or whatever i can't remember off the top of my head but you know that's just an example so i had to use that reference along with um stuff i found in the media like uh trailers um you know hype clips that for when the game came out e3 mm -hmm. like anything on e3 uh commercials for the game so that's kind of 
my reference point uh cartoons like if it, if the series had a cartoon um i just did one on mike hagar or hagar or whatever yeah. and uh and that one was was really tricky as well so it's like that's gaming linguistics it's just like trying to figure out how to say this um and then noob repair is like i know how to solder i'm not mm -hmm. good at it really but i know how to do it how do i do something how do i provide a repair or a diy style show without actually doing soldering because that's mm -hmm. what a lot of repair work and mod work is um there's a channel called retro game arts or yeah. retro gaming arts and that's run by my buddy paul and he does a phenomenal job like you know putting together all these uh uh crazy mods with this wiring detailed wiring and explains the mod chip and all that stuff and i'm like yo uh i just want to like switch out my uh my vmu battery or my saturn <laughs> battery like how do i do that so it doesn't die all the time oh i just need like a a little battery like a that you would use in like a uh ear piece or whatever oh okay that's easy <laughs> um, you know, so I'm doing, I'm working on one right now. That's, uh, basically it's like, um, there's certain games that require 3d glasses. So mm -hmm. I'm working on a workaround for specific types of visual styles that like a uh, Jim power, the game, Jim power for the super NES came with a pair of 3d glasses. Uh, finding those 3d glasses is you Damn basically, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> you got to basically buy the game complete in box. And even then you may not get them. So uh, instead of, instead of spending like 80 bucks on the game, complete box or 70 bucks or whatever it is, I'm like, yo, just go on eBay and like buy these glasses. Like that's all you need. So, um, or even like how to clean games, how to repair, how to have, like, I remember one time I did like a blind test mm -hmm. where I took like a cartridge and I took like five cartridges that rattled and I was like, all right, these five cartridges rattle. How can I fix them? Or can I fix them? And I mm -hmm. opened every single one up and I was like, all right, I fixed, you know, three out of five. Like it was like a small little piece of plastic that broke off on the inside. I took it out. I unscrewed it. I screwed everything back in. Works like a charm. Shake it. No, no damage. So, um, you know, I've got a lot of ideas for that show uh, for things to do, but Again, it's like, you know, time is short. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of knows that. But I just, yeah, I'd, I'd rather do a video like that than do like, you know, start, you know, talking talking smack about other YouTubers. You know, I, I, I feel like I, I see all these other channels out there that are like, I'm going to I'm going to insult all these other YouTubers. I'm going to I'm going to call them out because they use Patreon or I'm going to this or i'm gonna do that and i'm just like how 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 low have we scraped the bottom of the barrel to do something yeah. like that like i don't know i mean i've been doing this for such a long time that like i remember when it was just hey video like i'm gonna put out a video because i want to cover this game and i want to talk about it and i want people to get into it mm -hmm. and like i want people to check out this game because i like it or because i think it has redeeming qualities of some sort um and uh you know that's how youtube used to be it used to be like i'm just gonna put this out because you know i want my friends to watch it on youtube 
And I want to see their comments saying like, oh yeah, you know, I own this game or I play it. It's like, uh, it used to be more about dialogue between creators. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like a lot of that has died um, for a number of reasons. One, it's just not the same YouTube it was. Now it's, it's more like, you know, today I'm going to tell you about, you know, what game is coming out in seven months, you know, or like, I'm going to talk about the Switch all day. Like, it's just, and and I'm not knocking the people that do it. I'm just saying it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, it's not something that I feel comfortable doing. I don't want to just be. But but you've noticed this, this obsession with it's like Switch or nothing. Like this this mentality. And I, I I wonder. I'm like the, these people that are so gung ho about the Switch. Where were you with the, when the Wii U and the yeah. Wii and the GameCube? Like, yeah, people forget that that the N64 was so hated on. Yeah. So like, I remember sitting in study in high school, and I remember getting in fights. Not not like fight fights, but like verbal arguments and discussions. Yeah with uh one of my good friends now my buddy scott who's like uh he was a huge sega guy and Mm -hmm. we would go back and forth he'd be like oh the dreamcast is gonna wipe the floor with the n64 and i'd be like no the n64 is way better wait till the you know uh dolphin comes out or whatever the the uh gamecube was called before it was i think it was dolphin dolphin yeah 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 and like project revolution for the wii and all that stuff like you know i've always been a a pretty big nintendo fan um Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I started working at that game store that I was like, well, let me check out the Genesis, you know, let me check out, you know, I, I remember getting a PlayStation in the nineties, like late nineties. That was my first like foray uh, aside from PC uh, outside of, you know, Nintendo. So it's like, it's one of those things where like I started getting into more stuff. It started opening my mind and exploring my options as far as what consoles I wanted to check out. And mm-hmm. the Dream- Dreamcast was my first Sega s- system. So same here. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) No, we we just did a video uh, episode on on XPGM, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's I don't know. I just I want to I want to put out content that that is going to make somebody leave a comment that's like like one of the best comments I ever got was uh, "You made my day better," and I was just like, that is just awesome. Like I didn't set, I never set out to do that. It was just like, I just want to make a goofy video that my friends will watch and comment on. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you get people that like, even the podcast, like some, I remember reading a really thoughtful comment where somebody was like uh, talking about pixel tunes radio. And they were like, that podcast got me through my day. I had a terrible day. My car broke down or whatever. I had to walk like two miles and I listened to pixel tunes like the whole time Mm -hmm. while I was, and that like got me through my day. And I'm like, I, like even talking about it right now, it's like giving me goosebumps on, on my arm. Like it's, you don't think about that stuff in, as a content creator. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you don't think about the little things that like you may put some content out that made somebody like, you know, step away from the ledge. You know, I'm not saying I did that. I'm just saying like, there are people out there who, who make content and it makes somebody else's day brighter. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I always try to support the little guys, like these people that are coming out that have like, you know, if, if you have like 50 subs, a uh, hundred subs, 300 subs, one of my favorite content creators has like 300 subs. 
um, and a few others that I know have like under a thousand, mm-hmm. you know, still to this day. And like, I, I do my best to try to support them as much as I can. And then I have friends that have, you know, uh, 30,000 subs, uh, 40,000 subs, uh, a hundred thousand subs. Like I, I try to kind of maintain like a friendly level with everybody, mm-hmm. but like, I'm also the sort of person where like, if somebody says something that's really stupid and not cool or is insulting to a specific group of people or whatever, I'll just be like, I'm done with this person. Like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this with that type of. I'm too old for that stuff. Like, I don't. YouTube should not be high school. Yeah, you know, it's, it shouldn't be high school drama. It should be, you know, and like it's fun. It's sometimes fun to talk about with my friends, like behind mm-hmm. the scenes, where we'll be like, "Guess what this, you know, pos <laughs> did the other day? Like, what did they post? You know what I mean?" But like, at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I, I just don't really want to be involved in it. That's why I, I don't, I tend to not get involved unless it's like friends of mine that I'm yeah. like sticking, sticking up for, you know? And I, I, you know, it's just like how low of the, as I said before, how low are people willing to go yeah. where they're just willing to scrape the bottom of the barrel for content where they're just like, are we like TMZ YouTube now? Like sometimes I mean, it feels like it. I don't know. I don't know. That's not the YouTube I want to be a part of personally. And there were a lot of times where I was thinking about quitting because I was looking at stuff like that. And I was like, I just don't want to be a part of this, you know, and like views are down all around. Like every single person I talk to big or small is like, yeah, no, like views are not up, you know, uh, especially during certain months or whatever. Like, and, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I run a, uh, uh i i go to his uh all the different cons or whatever like you know a few different cons out here on the east coast and one of my favorites is here in my backyard retro world expo and uh i've gotten really friendly with those guys and they have me hosting the connecticut youtubers panel where like i'll we'll gather up a bunch of youtubers and we'll kind of all sit down and we'll have this big powwow with the crowd of Mm -hmm. people who are like newer youtubers or people that have been doing it for a while who just want to hear a different perspective and like the number one thing i tell anybody who's willing to do to youtube is do not do it think you're thinking that you're going to be avgn because i'm not gonna lie that's the mistake that i made i got into it and i was like you know i'm gonna sell merch and i'm gonna go to cons and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna be a superstar and then the views are not there and yeah. no, and you get a lot of nasty comments and you have yeah. to have, you have to have thick skin. You're putting yourself out there and you, you got to let it roll off your back. And I, yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, def- I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, last question, mm. you know, the, here's the thing. Cause all the questions I had, dude, mm-hmm. we've just like naturally just like, answer gone yeah so i'm like yeah yeah i'm over here like check 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 (laughs) it's because i do podcasting so i know i know like the things yeah yeah (laughs) so 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 the last question i have is uh is there any advice you want to leave i mean you've already i mean within this last the last 
comment you, you made basically yeah. you left advice but for anyone who wants to get into like youtube or, or wants to get into podcasting or writing is there anything that you want to leave with them like any advice or uh do it for yourself before yes. anybody make content that you want to watch that you want to hear and that makes you happy because that's i think the biggest component that's missing from youtube is the you yeah now it's just like oh i got to i got to put something out that that everyone's going to love i got to put out a video about this topic uh you know i mean like i'm not saying you should completely ignore that mm -hmm. aspect cuz like again we did we do anniversary episodes on the podcast where it's like oh the dreamcast is celebrating its 20th anniversary let's do a video or let's do a uh, show on it uh halloween is coming around like uh, i'm you know i'm going to do a halloween episode or, or two or whatever um so i think it's important to recognize calendar and eventful moments when it comes to like creating content like that's just smart business yeah but youtube should not be about giving Google as much money as possible. YouTube should be about you. I, I get that Google owns YouTube or whatever. Um, and I get that you're not supposed to talk about Google AdSense or whatever, but I've been doing this for eight years. And last month I made my first $100 amount that I could pull from my Google AdSense account. It took it's, me, it's, it's crazy hard. It took me eight years to do that. And I, I got to be fair. I didn't put, I put ads on my, on my videos initially, and then I took them down mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted nothing to do with money. I wanted nothing to do with Patreon or any of that stuff. I was, I was embarrassed by it. And I was like, I, I just want to put out the content for me. And, um, I feel like that was my biggest growth. Mm -hmm. as on the channel is like when I stopped doing it for other people and I started focusing on the content and putting work into the content, I would just like release an episode. I'd put it out on a couple social media stuff and I'd be done with it. And then I'd be like, all right, time for the next review. Like, what do I want to do? And uh, it, it can get kind of rough uh, yeah. when you do that, like assembly line style, you know, but at the same time, like I, I, I did it for me and I still, continue to try to tell myself like don't do this because you have a quota to me don't do this because because you want to make other people happy so i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that like do do a review that you're passionate about and write because you're passionate do a podcast on something you're passionate about because that passion shines through mm -hmm. and if you're engaging in if you're engaging enough like, I don't think any Joe Schmo could do it, but I do think that like, if you're, if you have the and the talent and the, and the ability and do it, I think that you'll be able to be successful if you just keep plugging away yeah. at it, but don't, yeah, don't do YouTube for it, for, for money. Don't do yeah. it for fame. Just do it for you and let, you know, and, and like, maybe you'll meet some cool people along the way. And that certainly happened with me. I met a lot of really cool people who I consider friends now, uh, who do tons of awesome content. And, uh, it's, it's good to know that they, those people that do that content inspire me. So like, I'll see, I'll be sub to them and then they'll put out a video and I'm like, dude, that was a killer episode. Like now I want to work on stuff. Yeah. And so that's really helpful 
when you have like a group of people to kind of bounce off of naturally. Um, yeah. And, and when it comes to the money, like I'll, I'll tell a quick story before, cause I know oh, I'm, I'm just, I know I'm, I talk way too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started a Patreon like a couple years ago mm-hmm. and I, I kept it private and I didn't release it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think somebody found it and it was like a fan of mine and I thought I disabled it like at one point, like I, I, mm-hmm. I set it all up and I got it going and I wrote up this huge thing explaining, you know, mission statement and all that stuff. And I put it out there and I, I didn't advertise it at all. I think I maybe put it in my channel, like up at the top right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Never asked anybody for money. I was really embarrassed to do that. Like, and I talked to other content creators about it and they were like, well, you're not getting any money from Google. So why not? Like, why not ask for, you know, a buck, you know, like just do it, do it as a chip tip jar. And so I felt really uncomfortable about doing that. And so I, I didn't do it. Like, I, I think I left it open accidentally Mm -hmm. and I turned off all the emails and all that stuff. Like I wasn't getting any info from it. And uh, like two years later, I went, uh, somebody reached out to me. Like I was, oh, I remember what it was. I was in Discord having a conversation with some friends of mine on YouTube, uh, some YouTube buddies. And uh, we were talking about Patreon. And I was like, yeah, I don't have any donators. And they were, uh, somebody, uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, you do. I was like, no, I don't. And they're like, yeah, you do, dude. You've you've got somebody donating to you. Like I I see it says like two bucks or whatever it was, you know, 10 bucks, five bucks, whatever. And I was like, no, that can't be. And I went, I signed on. And sure enough, this guy had been donating quietly to me for two years and I didn't even know it. Wow. And so, yeah. And I was blown away. I didn't know what to do. So I reached out to him on Twitter. I knew him and I was like, dude, I, I just want to apologize. Like, I'm so sorry. I did not know you were giving me money on Patreon. Like, that's awesome, man. Uh, I was like, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I always try to thank people. Like, mm-hmm. you get all these people who are just like, uh, I'm not going to name names or anything. But the people who are like, guys, stop sending me packages. <laughs> Please stop sending me packages. I just wow, another switch game. Guys, guys, you gotta stop doing that. That that's just egotistical. I don't know. That's yeah, just so <laughs> say what you will. I don't know. I'm probably gonna get a bunch of wood haters on my case, but whatever. I don't even care. It's just I I do I I only advertise the Patreon um on my uh at the end of every review because mm-hmm. i have a specific tier like you know hey if you're donating four bucks or more like you you get a special thank you at the end of the episode and uh i do regular updates where i talk to patrons and i'm just like hey this is what's going on with the channel this is what i'm doing this is what i'm working on so i update people pretty regularly um i wish i did more with it honestly um maintaining a patreon and like setting up goals and being like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then when you actually realize how much work that takes it's like oof. 
think I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but most people are really understanding and most people are just like, dude, I just like the show. I just want to give you a couple of bucks. So, yeah. um, you know, I try not to really push it that much. Um, we do it quite a bit more on the um, podcast because we have a live show that goes with it. Like once a month we do a live episode and like mm. only, only Patreon people get access to that. Uh, they get all the thumbnails, the title, title cards, like early, like a, a couple days before the episode lo- launches. And um, we just did a big giveaway where we gave down like several copies of Shakedown Hawaii um, digitally and uh, the soundtrack. We gave away like, I think like 10 prizes or 11 prizes or something like that, you know, to patrons only. So um, my own Patreon, I have a tier where it's like 15, like somebody pays like 15 bucks a month. And I'll mm-hmm. go game. I'll go game hunting for them, and I'll like find a game like not like a you know crappy sports game. Like I'm not gonna buy like Madden 09 or whatever and send it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll buy like a game and I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Like it's you know about about like seven to ten bucks, and I'll ship it to them. I don't make any money on it. Uh, like I literally lose money sometimes depending on the game, mm-hmm. but uh, it's worth it because you know you get people that you know want to you know help you and donate to you. And honestly, it saved the show because some of the props that I was doing, like I use a lot of props. I use a mm-hmm. lot of like special effects um, and I pay people for their work. So like, I'm, I'm interested in like um, this year I'm working on potentially getting an animator to like do animation for mm-hmm. uh, the channel for a specific review. And uh, I'm also looking at uh, hiring an actress like a, I've had a friend of mine uh, do some acting stuff for me because she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I, I'm thinking about getting like somebody like an actress to like dress a character or and like, you know, um, you know, outside of just having a friend do it, like an actual like somebody who gets paid for this every single day, like an you know. Nothing against that person, but like a professional, yeah, <laughs> you know, person who's like an actual actress, like a SAG per whatever. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm always looking at expanding and trying new things with the show, um, and I think that's really important. Like, don't don't be another piece of advice is don't like just sit there and be like, all right, I'm just going to do this one thing. And I'm just going to keep repeating it. Like, always mm-hmm. try, always reach out to somebody and say. Hey, I want, I want to, I want to do this. Like I have this thing that I'd like to do and I, and I want to do it. I did a resident evil review, uh, with game versus game, mm-hmm. uh, where we compared, um, we did a video on his channel. It was for Halloween. It's like my most popular review. And we did, um, a video on his channel where it was like resident evil Saturn versus resident resident evil PS one and all the different versions on PS one, like the, the dual shock version and director's cut, blah, blah, blah. Then he guested my channel, and I reviewed uh, the GameCube game, the remake, Resident Evil remake. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a, uh, Justin, actually, my co-host, and his wife played. Um, they played Barry and Rebecca from Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and then uh, so we did that. But then on top of that, we also I reached out to uh, um, Julia Voth, who was the uh, model who she basically uh they took her face and i think maybe her body too for um resident evil remake and all the subsequent later resident evil games for jill valentine Mm -hmm. so she's like like a lot of fans consider her officially like jill valentine like for the face she's done like uh 
um, like photo shoots and stuff dressed up as Jill Valentine or whatever. It's really, really cool. So I reached out to her and there was a lot of back and forth, but finally uh, I got approval to use a specific clip that she created. And I was like, do I have permission to use this? And she was like, yeah, go for it. So we got Julia dressed up as Jill Valentine eating a sandwich. Like yeah. Jill, you know, <laughs> yeah, just the Jill sandwich bit. And so Barry and, and uh, Becca are trying to reach Jill on the, on the walkie talkie. And they're like, Jill, are you there? Like, we got a lot of problems here. You know, we got zombies coming through the door. Like, where are you? And you, and it cuts to Jill eating his sandwich. And it just keeps going back and forth. Like, you know, throughout some of the review and uh, there was no audio. There was like, she gave me a clip that had like music in the background and no sound effects. So I had to make a tuna sandwich and go to the microphone and eat a sandwich and record it. And I used that as her voiceover yeah. for, for eating the sandwich. <laughs> so that's like one example, like of reaching out to somebody. And the second example and last example, I promise is um, uh, I'm a big X-Men fan and Wolverine is my favorite character mm. like you know of the x-men of all time uh and i reached out i was a huge fan of the x-men cartoon the 90s one mm -hmm. so i was going to review x-men mutant apocalypse on the super nes and i thought what better way to do that than to feature again trying to think of something different trying to come up with a new idea so i decided oh i'm gonna feature uh I'm going to try to reach out to Cal Dodd, who did the original voice acting for Wolverine. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him, and he was so nice. I would like beyond nice. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. He was like, absolutely. And I was like, mm -hmm. I, I could pay you. Like, I don't make much on Patreon, but like, I'll pay you whatever. I'll pay you whatever I make for the next year. Like, just I would love for you to do this. And he was like, I'll do it for free. Like, don't even worry about it. And, um, my daughter had just been born and he was like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it, you know, not just for you, but for your daughter. And I was like, that is, this guy is so nice. Like he saw like me posting a picture of like my daughter on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, had She had just been born. Uh, and he saw that and was like, I'm going to do it for her too. Like, you know, I think, you know, that'd be really nice. So I was like, you were, that is just, I want to give this man a hug. <laughs> so uh, my friend Brian and I met him at, he was actually going to Kineticon. Mm -hmm. So we met him at his hotel and he was super nice. And we found a quiet little area like a, uh, in the hotel. And uh, I broke out my laptop and we recorded his lines. And uh, it's him as Wolverine uh, saying a couple lines. Some of the lines are from the show, but most of them are brand new. Mm -hmm. Um one of them is involving pancakes and syrup. And he, I wrote it for him. I, I watch a lot of the show and I remember a lot of the show, but I wrote it with him in mind. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote, the line was like uh, pancakes or oh, it was uh, somebody's eating syrup without pancake or somebody's eating pancakes without syrup. And, you know, because of course Wolverine's Canadian. Yeah. Maple syrup and everything. And uh, the, the whole bit was, I was talking about how Wolverine busts in the game. Wolverine busts out of this like glass um, area, uh, this glass room and lands like on this floor. And then you start playing as Wolverine. 
And so I, my comment was like, that is the most badass Wolverine. Like that's the most badass intro to any game character ever in history. And then I was like, but you know, it could have been better. And that's when I go back and forth between all these lines, you know, with Cal Dodd voicing Wolverine. <laughs> so that would have never, ever happened if I just was like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah. So my point is, if you're going to do something, don't do the same thing over and over and over. Try to make something new. Try to make something fresh and try to not try to not make the same video twice when it comes yeah. to a review. Try to always reach I don't know. This is going to sound corny, but reach for the stars. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did you have fun? Absolutely. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. You know, we'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, uh, people, if you want to catch this episode of the podcast, it'll be available on all podcasting outlets from YouTube to all the major ones, you know, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everything you see at the bottom of, if you're watching it, that is, if everything you see at the bottom, you'll be able to catch the podcast there. Uh, I'm going to leave links to Mike's YouTube channel, his podcast, and Patreon too. I don't care what you say. I'm leaving <laughs> Patreon too. All right. But uh, all, all and all your social media links too. So if uh, people are interested, and I highly recommend you guys do uh, sub to his YouTube channel, sub to his podcast. Really, really great show, and just uh, tune in and and just support. You know, and that's 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 the biggest thing. Just you know, if, if you and if you enjoy, don't sub for up, sub. <laughs> do yeah, do, do not don't do don't sub. sub for sub. If you if you like, go to somebody's stuff like and watch their stuff or, or, you know, listen to their podcast or whatever. And if you like what you hear, or if you like mm -hmm. what you see, that's when you hit subscribe. It shouldn't yeah. be the other way around. It shouldn't be, well, I'll sub first and then I'll go check out their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And with that being said, people, we're Mike and I are signing out. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova podcast? Well, I'm sure you did. And since you did, and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, it includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on YouTube.com slash Mikhail Casanova, as well as on Twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova, and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great one.